One of the first shows to appear in the new state theatre, the Heath Ledger Theatre, will be Boundary Street. It's a play written by Reg Cribb, set in 1942. It's the story of a jazz club set up for African-American servicemen during World War II, and it features compositions by the wonderful Australian jazz legend James Morrison, and he joins us on Afternoons. It's wonderful to have you here. Thanks, Gillian. Now, tell us about the Dr. Carver Jazz Club. Well, it's kind of interesting. It sprung up almost over, almost literally overnight. Um, they suddenly, the authorities suddenly realised they needed somewhere for all these African American servicemen to go to congregate. Um, they didn't let them off the boats to start with. It's an amazing story. They arrived for their R and R from fighting in the Pacific. And um, our Prime Minister at the time, John Curtin, said, well, "We can't have them getting off the boat. I mean, we've got a white Australia policy." Everyone it's astonishing. Sort of, I know, isn't and everyone, it? Oh, you'd think in the middle of the war, I mean, the policy itself is so ridiculous, but I mean, even if you believed in the policy, it's the middle of a war and they were fighting men. He said, no, they can't come ashore. They kept them on the boats for a while until finally uh, Roosevelt weighed in and said, you know, let those men ashore or you'll be speaking Japanese, I think was the he phrase. He was quite, yeah. <laughs> good for yes. him. He was quite um, a liberal sort of thinker, wasn't he, was. he, for the time? Because this was, I mean, this is yeah. not only an interesting snapshot of what was happening with the history of jazz, it's also an interesting snapshot with what was Absolutely. happening with bigotry and racism at the time. Well, I think he was, but I think also a lot of credit has to go to his wife. I think she was pushing him because she was very much a liberal thinker and almost an activist as the first lady um, for black rights in in the US and so she heard about this and apparently um, you know put the hard word on and say you fix that now and you know what it's like when your wife tells you something like this matter if you're the president it's <laughs> got to be done literally and the war so, office <laughs> but yeah so um so uh, they let them ashore, but now they weren't prepared. Sort of, they hadn't sort of thought, well, where will they go? What will they do? And you think, well, what does it matter? I mean, they'll do what guys do an R&R, R and R, go to a cafe, go to a movie, but they had nowhere for them to sort of congregate in the evenings, and they were worried about, um, you know, what, where they might. So they said, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll set up a jazz. The authorities. Can you believe it? Must be the one time the government has sort of decided to start a jazz club. <laughs> And they said, we'll start a jazz club, Dr. Carver's, here it is, they'll all go there because they like jazz, don't they? I mean, it was that simplistic. <laughs> Goodness and, me. Uh, and they did, they went there, but this is, the, this is the part that I just love, and you'll love this. They said, well, who's going to go to the club with them? They can't just have a whole lot of men standing around, and if we let young, single women go there, I mean, there might be some hanky-panky, and we can't have that. So they came up with the brilliant plan to hire women to dance in the club with the men. And guess who they hired? They said, okay, they've got to be married and they've got to go to church because that way we're absolutely we're sure safe. there'll be no problems. <laughs> so they went around the churches and found the women whose husbands were away at war and said, here's a job for you to help the war effort. Come and dance with these black soldiers at the club. And because they go to church and because they're already married, there'll be no problem. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Of course, there were pregnancies and there were divorces and there, it was absolutely mayhem. And um, uh, how fabulous! Yes, it was just it backfired completely. Instead of having a bunch of young single women involved with these black women, they had a bunch of married church-going women involved <laughs> with them. Who so came up with that? Lots of plan. fun in the club. Somebody a little bit unrealistic, I think. But um, there were a ver- there was a very serious side to it. Um, they decided to segregate the town and made the south side white and the north side for the blacks, and uh, no black people were allowed south of the bridge. As south of the river, and they put MPs along the military police on each bridge to stop them from coming through. But the, the problem was that the, one of the boats that was in was full of 
white southern soldiers. I mean, they couldn't have been from California, could they, or New York, or somewhere kind of harmless as far as the racism goes. No, from the south. And all these MPs were southerners. And so, of course, there was a lot of bad blood, a lot of bad flicks. They were used to black people being, you know, in inverted commas, in their place mm. where they came from. And a lot of these black soldiers weren't from the South and didn't know the rules, so to speak. And they were from New York or from wherever and thought, well, that's okay, I'm a... And the inevitable happened. Something got out of hand and someone was shot and killed on one of the bridges. Now, this the is the Battle soldiers. of Brisbane. This is the Battle of Brisbane. And, of course, then it all, all hell broke loose. And meanwhile, down at Dr Carver's, the club, um, there's an attempted lynching of one because some young girl who was pregnant um, told her father, oh, well, I was raped. And he said, come and show me which one it was. And they went down to the club and she chose somebody. <laughs> and so they decided to string him up. And um, they didn't. Uh, it was stopped. But, I mean, it was amazing to think. You know, I, I, I'm amazed. I'm thinking, hang on, this is Brisbane, not some story of the south of the United States or whatever. Yeah. Last, you know, two centuries ago. This was Brisbane in 1942. All this was going on. Eventually they all got shipped out again back to the war and everything. And they shut the club. And as as soon as this whole nightlife sprung up, it disappeared because, of course, that's all the dire and very serious side to it. The, the fun side of this is suddenly there's this hip jazz club in Brisbane that wasn't there before and lots of action and people. Were, it was, it was great, brilliant. but it just disappeared as quick as it came up, gone. What an amazing story. Where did, who, who's uncovered it? That's a very good question. I mean, Reg Cribb has written this uh, fabulous script around the whole story. And, um, uh, of course, when they approached me and said, I had read the story and said, that's an amazing story. An I want to do that. incredible story. James and Morrison's our guest on mm. Afternoons, if you've just joined us. And, and James has composed the music for this incredible story that's turned into the play Boundary Street. Mm. So you you were approached to compose. Yes. Well, I, I, right away I thought, you know, apart from being a fabulous story, it's all set in 1942. I mean, the music is all jazz. And this is right up your alley. Absolutely. And apart from some great standards of the era, of course, which are in the play, um, like any musical, there are songs that advance the plot and are about the action, so they don't exist yet. So we've got to write these songs, or I've written these songs, um, that sound like they're written in 1942, but are still new songs. Now, I was going to ask you about yeah. that, because that, that's um, mm. you, you've, you've got to take the history, but you, you have modernised it a little. Yeah, well, look, they're, they're new songs. In that sense, they're modern. But um, stylistically, you know, even even down to things like what chords you can use in the song. I would be writing, I'd go, oops, can't use that chord. That didn't exist yet. You know, that chord hadn't happened until the 1960s. And, and quite, you don't want to get caught out. And you don't want to get well. Yeah, someone did say to me, "Do you think there'll be people in the audience listening, going, I don't, I don't think there were sharp eleven chords then, were there?'" Um, but it's there not always so much is. that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, you're right. There were. We were discussing microphones yesterday, and said, "Now, I said I want to use this kind of mic on the trumpet." And the sound guy said, "I checked. I don't think that was made until 1948." And I said, "Do you think we can just say 1940s?" <laughs> I mean, really? But but there is a lot of authenticity in the play, and you know what? It's not that someone or many people are going to sit in the audience and recognise a particular chord and go, "Oh, that's a bit early." And they enjoy it if they do. Yeah, but it's not that. But I still have stayed away from doing that because it's a feeling, and you can, regardless of your knowledge of chords, you can go, "That just sounds modern." And so I've made it sound very authentic, very 1940s. And it's not as though we need to go past that. It's wonderful music of that Brilliant day. Brilliant music. And um, particularly one of the things that did happen, and I've had the benefit of speaking to Don Burroughs, of course, you know, Australia's great, uh, he doesn't like me calling him the elder statesman um, of jazz, but he was actually in a band, in a jazz club in the 40s. He was 14 and playing in a club. Of course, everyone in, in the band was either under 16 
or over 40 something because everyone between those ages was at war. Of course. So he was a 14 year old and he said, All the other blokes in the band were old. Apparently, in this play, I'm one of the old blokes in the oh, band. Oh, now that's a bit I don't rough. know how that, yeah, I don't know how that happened. I thought, anyway. Um, but um, to be able to talk to him and say, Did this happen in the club? Would that have happened? What happened? And he said, One of the great things that happened was we were playing away, playing well but not very hip because we hadn't heard anything. And these soldiers came and some of them brought records with them. Can you believe like in wartime they're carrying records like around with them, 78s? And they put them on for us and said, have a listen, this is what's happening in New York. And he said almost overnight we became hip because we'd hear these new sounds and go, wow, what's that? And so that happens in the play too. The band transforms from being very stiff and very sort of Brisbane playing at the local ladies' auxiliary lunch kind of band to suddenly this hot jazz band from hearing some records that one of the characters brings. How brilliant! It makes you wonder how too. much that um, how much that affected jazz music in a Australia. Lot, a lot. As I said, I've had the opportunity to ask Don and say what happened, mm. and he just filled me in and said, "No, it was it was transformational." That's incredible. So that's that's a great sort of thing that happens during the play too. This music transforming. It just sounds like such a ripper story. Oh, yeah. What a fantastic and what yeah. a fantastic avenue for you as well. James Morrison's my guest on afternoons. He's here on the first day of rehearsals for the new play Boundary Street. Now you're playing with your brother John, who and that's not particularly unusual, but your son Harry. Yes, well, well this having, is what makes you the old bloke because he's only makes, eleven, isn't uh, he? No, no, he's thirteen. 13. He's thirteen, yes, but he's um, yeah, so he's going to be. One of the young guys in the band, so I guess the rest of us are the old guys, and he'll he'll represent what Don was. So, um, yeah. To, uh, well, when I said we need someone who's like you know less than sixteen, we need a fourteen-year-old or so to play one of the instruments in the band. We're looking around, and um, uh, I thought, well, hang on a sec. My son Harry's a swinging jazz bass player. Why not? Perfect. And, so, and we've not worked. Um, well, we've never done a show together. I mean, I uh, neither of us have ever done a show. I'm touring the world playing jazz concerts and things. That was another attraction to doing Boundary Street, to do a musical after all these years. And and um, and so great to do one where we're on stage, not in a pit. You know, it'd be fun to play in a pit and play all this music and not actually be part of the action on stage. But, of course, set in a jazz club and um, our wonderful director, Kate Cherry, said to me, so you, you'll need to act and uh, you'll need to act like a jazz band in a jazz club. And I said, <laughs> that we can do. <laughs> oh, gee, it's going to be a bit of a... Um a bit of a downer for poor Harry. He's out there on his first like professional musical circuit in the hot spot of Sin City and mm. Perth, and his dad's there. Ah, uh, yes, looking yes. over his shoulder. And his uncle. How disapp- <laughs> and his uncle. How disappointing. Nah, dad and his uncle are reasonably fun on the road. We'll have a great time. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, so it, it 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 will be really great to have the band on stage as part of the action too. Oh, that'd be brilliant. And it's a part of the story. And you were at the opening of the State Theatre on the weekend. Yes. What did you think? Um, it's great. I mean, it's a beautiful space, firstly, to walk into. And um, the trumpet, you know, I, I can just be facetious, half facetious and half serious here and say the trumpet sounded great, so all's well. <laughs> <laughs> trumpet sounded good in the room, so it's fine. It's a great theatre. <laughs> Wonderful to talk to you. Boundary Street opens March the 4th? Uh, March the 5th, March I think, is opening night. I'd, I'd say look, that. Uh, oh, no, 4th. 4th, right, good. Oh, good, I better be there a night earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for that, Julian. You could have been there for a Yes, that's cool, yes. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, here we are, are on the mid-south side. It's the only club.
straight to hell. <laughs>